humans welcome to another edition of fruity's ultimate game show um or as i like to call it because i don't necessarily think it's a game show yet it's fruity's fantastic fun time <laughs> um yeah so today we're going to continue our fantasy booking adventures and i believe we've got a wrestlemania in store for you i know we've got a slamboree in store for you but without further ado uh i might as well introduce the president the booker the the vince mcmahon of the wwf chris thunder hog how we doing brother yeah, I'm doing really well. Excited for another edition of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. As you said, what was a Fruity's game night? Fruity's, Fruity's fantasy fun time, I think I said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we um, might have to rename it. Ah, <laughs> uh, it still sort of covers that. But yeah, I'm really looking we can, to um, We can um, make it the you'll never see... You'll never see it coming tagline of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. <laughs> Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. Fruity's Fantastic Fun Time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for the listeners out there, how quickly were you on to uh, booking the show that we were that we're gonna talk about today? I already had an idea idea where I was going as I was reading out the last show and then finalised it after that show. Excellent. And uh, we were both kind of lucky to not get any twists uh, last episode that can really throw us under the boat, um, that can really stuff us up. Like, we both just got free agents instead. I did say... That we're gonna only draw one today, but I'm feeling generous. Let's go two again today, and then next episode only one. I swear. <laughs> um, should I let the listeners know of a little uh, something I did for Fruity's Ultimate Game Show for us? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So we've been talking a little bit on this show and the other shows and off air as well how there's not enough women in the Hall of Fame. So we are doing a supplementary women's draft, except. It'll include the WWE Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame Legacy Wing, any WWF Women's Champions, so that's your WWF Women, your WWF Tag Team, and your WWE Divas, or the short-lived WCW Champions from 96 through till 98. Man, it's ridiculous that WCW just... <laughs> Never even tried with their women's division. Yeah, uh, we got an interesting supplementary draft coming up for you. A lot of big names on the board. Really excited to see where this goes. But whilst we're talking about women, today is a pretty big show from my roster, at least. We've already announced the um, main event for the pay-per-view today, which is called WCW Slamboree. I will tell you the tagline later because I've made note that I will keep doing the WWE thing and add a little tagline. The main event is 
Trish versus Lita versus Gail Kim in a ladder match. And we got a six-man tag match between Hogan and the Rock and Roll Express versus Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. Uh, winning team gets to choose their stipulation for their title rematches for the next month's pay-per-view. We had Mankind win the US title at the Great American Bash. The Ultimate Warrior returned and teamed up with Sting to form the Blade Runners. We got a thing building with Austin and JJ and Barry. We got a feud with Eddie Guerrero and Kevin Nash that seems to keep going. Uh, and we got Edge in a pretty prominent spot as well uh, with his girlfriend later. What have you already got announced for today? So coming off my last event, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, we had both D-Generation X, Jesse James and Billy Gunn, plus a team of Immortal, Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle, advancing to the final in the Gold Rush tournament for the WWF World Tag Team Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, we also had on that card the Funks, Terry and Dory Jr. defeating Harlem Heat, Booker T and Stevie Ray to earn Terry Funk a WWF World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania. Plus, the WWF Women's Champion was crowned in the first Deadly Games tournament where it finished with Wendy Richter, China and Jacqueline all on one point each in a three-way tie, sending it to a triple threat sudden death overtime match where Wendy Richter pinned China to become the women's champion. Excellent. Um, I forgot to note one of my other marquee matches, which is Steve Austin in a handicap match against Barry Windham and JJ Dillon. Um, but you'll get enough of a gist from of that from my TVs. Why wait any longer? Let's just get into it. This week... Chris will be going first, and take it away, Chris. Yeah, so we go into six weeks of Raw is War because my last pay-per-view happened mid-month. The next one is at the end of the month, of course, that being WrestleMania. Oh, you cheeky bugger. I've just been, like, I've always just been doing, like, four weeks, four weeks, but, yeah, you're well within your right to do six (laughs) weeks. So, yeah. All right, cool. So I'll just go through briefly what I've got. Take as much time as you want because I might be like, yeah, people might end up saying, yeah, Fruity's using the TV stuff way too much this <laughs> this episode. So Come yeah. on, two no TV cards. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Uh, week one, February 17th from the Barclay Centre in Brooklyn, New York State, USA. Brooklyn, so Brooklyn. Were you just thinking the Brooklyn Brawlers theme? I was trying to do the, the start of Crime Times theme. Brooklyn, oh. Brooklyn. What's going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Check your rollies. All right. Oh, that I'll makes shut me sad up. now. Oh, man, I I even forgot about it. Jeez. All right, I'm going to shut up because I'm just going to keep throwing you off. (laughs) We need that after after what happened on Raw this past week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the one thing that keeps me in love with professional wrestling. (laughs) This whole 
this stupid thing, but yeah. Like so, my missus like watch watches me like write on little pieces of paper like wrestlers' names and chuck them into a Chinese container and she thinks I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh yeah, so for Brooklyn commentary for uh WWF is as always Lord Alfred Hayes and Captain Lou Albano. Show starts with WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett on video from his office backstage, congratulates the new WWF Women's Champion Wendy Richter before stating a WrestleMania contract signing will take place later tonight between Booker T and Terry Funk for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship match. So then there's a couple of quick matches on Raw. Mark Henry defeats a local talent in quick fashion under five minutes. The Road Warriors defeat local talent tag team in quick fashion as well. Post-match, Paul Allen calls out D-Generation X, saying he's demanding that the WF Commissioner Jim Barnett and the WWF Executive Board members agree to the Road Warriors' demand. They want to be recognised as number one contenders once they defeat D-Generation X, Shawn Michaels and Triple H at WrestleMania, and to prove there's no interference that they can't see coming, they want X-Pac to be granted a manager's licence, saying everyone will fear the Legion of Doom. Yeah, that that's good. Um, that's actually a good marquee matchup on your card for Mania. I like that. This is um, standing off last night on the pay-per-view where D-Generation X interfered in their match, sending Road Dogg and Billy Gunn through to the final of the tag team tournament. Yeah. Where Triple H and... Shawn Michaels ran in and pedigreed and super kicked Animal when the ref's back was turned to the outside. Okay, uh, third match of the night. Andre the Lead Giant defeats local talent in quick fashion. We then go through to the main event segment. It is for the WWF World Heavyweight contract signing. Uh, Commissioner Jim Barnett is in the ring with the contract as Terry Funk enters first with his brother Dory. Then next, WWF World Heavyweight Champion Booker T enters with his brother Stevie Ray. Booker congratulates Terry but says last night's result won't change the outcome at WrestleMania and he signs first, then slides the contract across the table to Terry. The Funks begin to talk as Booker T says, if you ain't a sucker, you'll sign the contract. Terry says, well, me and my brother Dory might be a couple of good old Texas boys, but we ain't no sucker as he signs the contract. Then Terry smiles and says, I really appreciate you two agreeing to a second WrestleMania match. Harlem Heat seem confused, and they demand the contract back. As Booker is frantically reading over it, Dory speaks, saying, I don't worry. I don't want any piece of you. But I'm so happy your brother has agreed to a Texas pull rope match versus me at WrestleMania. Very interesting. And as the... Funks exit the ring, Booker T and Stevie Ray begin to argue with WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett as they go off the air. Man, he should have checked page 17 of that contract. I <laughs> know, oh, oh I was so angry when that happened. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on! <laughs> Week 2, TD Gardens, Boston, Massachusetts in the USA. Show starts with Commissioner... Jim Barnett on his office video again, stating both parties had time to read before signing the WrestleMania contract for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship match, and both matches will stand. Booker T versus Terry Funk, 
and Dory Funk Jr. versus Stevie Ray. Later tonight will feature the debut of Piper's Pit. Uh, then we get into some of the matches tonight. Match number one, Mark Henry defeats local talent in under five minutes. The Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal with Paul Arling defeat a local talent tag team again in quick fashion. Post-match, Paul Arling is calling out DX again. Third match of the night, Andre is defeating local talent again. Uh, so then we go into the main event segment. It is Piper's Pit with Roddy Piper. As he begins to introduce his guests, he says, please welcome a special secret celebrity guest and WWF World Heavyweight Champion Booker T. And as he's pointing to the rampway, Lou leaves the commentary to enter the ring and correct Roddy, whispering in his ear to which Roddy shouts in the mic, who? Then Lou snatches the mic and says, Please welcome our guests, recording artist Cindy Lauper and the new WWF Women's Champion, Wendy Richter. Ooh, okay. Roddy seems disgusted that this is his guest for his first Piper's Pit. Lou returns to the commentary desk and receives a frame record to present to Cindy with Wendy as Girls Just Want to Have Fun has gone to number one again. As Lou is climbing back into the ring, he trips and the record falls out of his hands. Roddy goes, this is why you're not welcome here. Your record sales just took a huge dive. Wendy begins to get in Roddy's face, and Roddy says the championship means nothing. You weren't even the executive board's fourth choice anyway, as he pokes at the title on her shoulder. Angry that her friend has just been berated, Cindy picks up the record and slams it over Roddy's head. And referees and WWF commissioner Jim Barnett run down trying to separate the two groups with Roddy Piper yelling, you'll pay for this, Wendy, as we go off the air. Interesting. Yeah, so little throwback there if you know your history. Yeah, if you know, you know. If you don't, it's just like a good angle anyway, I, I reckon. So very good. You definitely um, stepped it up a bit creatively this this week, on. I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> so week three, March the 2nd, Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Show starts again with WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett addressing the fans from his office backstage via video. With the altercation from Piper's pit last week, he believes that Piper was unjustly attacked by a guest and is now allowing Roddy Piper the opportunity to name Wendy Richter's next championship opponent for WrestleMania. Uh, so then we go into the matches tonight. Match one, Mark Henry defeats local talent. Match two, Road Warriors defeat local talent with Paul Allering again calling out D-Generation Match number three, Andre the Giant is beating local talent. And then match number four, it is Jack Briscoe with Joel Briscoe in his corner versus Antonio Inoki. Inoki is just drop kicking Jack around the ring and Gerald has seen enough, runs in and begins a two-on-one attack as the referee caused for the end of the match in a disqualification. Uh, through to week four, March the 9th, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Cleveland, Ohio. You're going to run out of arenas. <laughs> like You're just going to have to like present it from the Thunderdome soon, I think. Oh, don't worry. I already have that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, show starts with your favourite segment again, Jim Barnett from his office. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Announces the executive board has received word from Antonio Inoki demanding a tag team match against the Briscoe brothers, Jack and Gerald, with his partner to be named at a later date. Interesting. There's a lot of people on your roster that haven't showed up yet. So there's a lot of possibilities here. 
Yes. Again, just the three sort of notable matches I have here is Mark Henry defeats local talent. The Road Warriors defeat a local talent tag team and call out DX again. And Andre defeats a local talent. Uh, moving into week number five from Baker's Life Fieldhouse, Indianapolis, Indiana. So we start off with action this week. Match number one, Mark Henry defeats a local talent with the world's strongest slam for the quick victory in under three minutes. As he's walking up the ramp, commentary makes note that Mark is going up the ramp and Andre is walking down at the same time. Like two majestic ships passing in the Atlantic Ocean at night. How poetic. How poetic, artistic and beautiful is that? I thought it was very much like a Lord Alfred sort of line. <laughs> it, it really is, actually, now that I think about it. But just like Mark Henry and Andre the Giant being referred to as like majestic ships passing in the night, that's just, that's hilarious to me. But yeah, that's great. That's that's good. Second match of the night, Andre the Giant defeats a local talent hits a choke slam for the quick pinfall victory in under three minutes. I'm glad you've given him the choke slam as a finisher instead of like his old finisher, which was just a headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> so good work. Following an ad break, Degeneration X appear on the Titan Tron saying enough's enough and they agree to the Road Warriors demands. So they will face off at WrestleMania. Do they have any words for the LOD? Who words in particular? No, not yet. Okay, cool. Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart faced the team of the Bushwhackers and defeated them. Um, after an ad break, Bushwhackers are still in the ring saying, Jim, you pick anyone and us two will beat the two of you. So he wants a re- they want a rematch versus Jim and another opponent for WrestleMania. Bloody hell. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm loving where all this is going. I just have a quick question about Mark Henry. Go ahead. When you're booking Mark Henry, what does he look like in your mind? Does he have, like, his dreads? Is it bald Mark Henry? Is it, like, sexual chocolate Mark Henry? (laughs) Not that one at the moment. I'd probably say... Like 2011 ECW world. type Mark Henry. Yeah, like Hall of Pain. Hall of Pain, yeah. Yeah, Th- that's fine. That's perfect. Yeah, I was just curious. Well, that's sort of the the era that I associate him with getting quick victories over people. I wouldn't put essential chocolate in this role. Oh, like 1996, like pre-Nation of Domination Mark Henry, where he's wearing like Is American. That when he's, yeah, the all-American guy. Yeah, but anyway, I'll let you get back into it, mate. Um, and closing off the show, there's a backstage promo with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat announcing that he's going to have an open challenge at WrestleMania against any light heavyweight in a showcase match. Interesting. So we go through to the go-home edition. It is Monday, March 23rd from the... Fission Forum, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Man, I'm blown away by the effort you're going through just to, like, find arenas, to be honest. Show starts and it's revealed that Bret Hart has been attacked backstage by someone. 
but we're not quite sure who it is yet. More on that later. No, I was just saying, that's interesting. It's always a good hook, that one. So then we go into the the contract signing for the uh, Gold Rush tournament final. It is D-Generation X members Jesse James and Billy Gunn with the rest of DX behind them and the team of Immortal Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle. DX are basically just running them down, saying, you two were nobodies, what happened? You quit when it got tough, you left when it got hard. We're the best, we've been a team for over 10 years. This division was built on us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically them bullying them, and as they sign the contract, Immortal just smiles and goes, you idiots, you just signed saying that no one in DX can be in your corner again like last month. <laughs> so um, people in the WWF aren't reading contracts. <laughs> no. <laughs> Andre comes down to the ring and faces a local talent who's in a tag team, quickly dispatches of one member. Next, Mark Henry comes down, dispatches the other member even quicker. The two men start to stare down at one another. Then they brawl. Referees run down trying to separate the two men and Jim Barnett comes down trying to separate the two men as well. It's announced Jim Barnett has made official a number one contenders match. Andre the Giant versus Mark Henry at WrestleMania. Awesome. Awesome. Two big men slapping meat. I love it. It's announced by Jim Barnett that there will be a number one contenders women's match at WrestleMania. Number one contenders. Awesome. That'll be China versus Jacqueline. And then a women's tag team showcase match tonight. Wendy Richter and a mystery woman versus the team of Jacqueline and China with X-Pac in their corner. Interesting. So at this stage, we have almost everything set up for WrestleMania except Wendy Richter's opponent. Oh. So... The main event of the night comes around. Out comes Jacqueline. Out comes China with X-Pac. Out comes WWF Women's Champion Wendy Richter. And out comes Roddy Piper, who says, I have been training with someone for the past three weeks. Your opponent at WrestleMania, Alundra Blaze. Man, that's going to be a barn burner. So all four women don't get along and are trying their best not to let their pride get in the way of a victory. Late in the match, Jacqueline tags in China as Alundra tags in Wendy. On the outside, X-Pac is bad-mouthing Alundra, which leads to Roddy attacking X-Pac. China distracted is leaning over the top ropes, trying to pull X-Pac free of Roddy and Alundra, which leads to Wendy capitalising and lands a sit-out DDT for the pinfall victory for her team. Post-match, Wendy and Alundra celebrate going up the ring ramp separately with Piper yelling, she's the next champion. Um, Interesting. I like the pairing there. While on the outside, Jacqueline looks furious at China and X-Pac as we go into WrestleMania. Awesome. So it is a 11-card WrestleMania. So we go into WrestleMania Sunday, March 29th, U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the USA. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Love it. So they've actually got a new stadium there, and they haven't had a WrestleMania yet, even though the fans seem to be campaigning for there. Yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff online about them wanting a WrestleMania in Minneapolis. 
I don't know how much, like, this is kind of off topic, but I don't know how appealing it would be for the WWE to do a WrestleMania in Minneapolis. Like, being a tourist, would you rather go to Orlando or would you rather go to Minneapolis? (laughs) I don't know. Nothing against you for picking Minneapolis. This is fantasy <laughs> world. Like, for all you know, you could have booked, like, a couple of Disneylands and a Universal in Minneapolis if you wanted to. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, so, it, again, it's, like, classic WrestleMania. Everyone's dressed up tuxedos. The women interviewers are dressed up in nice evening gowns. So it's, like, your classic WrestleMania. And, of course, we've got the WrestleMania song. Whoa, whoa. WrestleMania, something, something, something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I got you. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, commentaries, Lord Alfred and Captain Lou again. We have one pre-show match. It is the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch, taking on the team of Jim Neidhart, his mystery partner, Jake the Snake Roberts. This is interesting. Yeah, what's going on here? Um, Blown away. So as Brett is busy, and I'll reveal later on um, Sunday Night Heat as to why, and Jim has decided to answer the Bushwhackers challenge with another opponent, which leads to miscommunication between Jake and Jim. Jake gets fed up, grabs Damien, and walks out backstage, leaving Jim to be double-teamed for the pinfall victory. So um, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is correct. Uh, Jim Neidhart and Jake Roberts teamed up at the, uh, let's just say, critically panned pay-per-view Heroes of Wrestling. I was hoping you weren't going to bring that up, but yes. I was, yeah, I was just thinking, like, they teamed up there, didn't they? Yeah, and the Bushwhackers were on that show too. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Captain Lou. Yeah, and Captain Lou. Um, oh, man. But this isn't Heroes of Wrestling. This is the granddaddy of them all. This is WrestleMania. No, it's not allowed to be called that anymore. It sounds old. <laughs> oh, yeah. This this is the greatest show on earth or whatever. I don't Ultimate know. Ultimate thrill ride. <laughs> This is play button. <laughs> this is pirate ship. <laughs> this is WrestleMania. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so last segment on Heat. They're interviewing Bret Hart backstage, saying that Jim Barnett's received word on who attacked him backstage on Raw. And he's watching the footage as we cut to screen and screen, and it shows... He was attacked by the Iron Sheik. Hack to it! <laughs> yes. Bret Hart, I make you humble, I break your back. <laughs> so Brett's storming off to Jim's office to demand a match for later tonight, and we go into the pay-per-view itself. So match number one on the WrestleMania pay-per-view portion is the second match of the night, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Mil Mascarez, who is answering Ricky's light heavyweight open challenge fantastic way to kick off a pay-per-view to um spectacular workers that's for sure yeah i'd have to agree here so it goes about 10 minutes and ricky 
the dragon Steambait gets caught off the top rope by Mill in a bear hug. With Ricky worn down, Mill Mascarez goes up top and hits a crossbody for the pinfall victory in about 10 minutes. Awesome stuff. Uh, next, we have Bret Hart versus The Iron Sheet in a singles match. It's a counter-for-counter match with each man attempting their submission holds while escaping from the others. Late in the match, The Iron Sheet is caught in the sharpshooter but refuses to tap and the ref lifts his arm once, twice, three times and waves the match off as The Iron Sheik has passed out in around 10 minutes. Awesome! Brett refusing to release the hold after he's been attacked and takes a number of referees coming down and Jim to encourage Brett to let it go. That's awesome. So we then move on to a tag team match. It is the Briscoe brothers Jack and Gerald versus Antonio Inoki and his mystery partner, Jushin Funda Liger. Oh, baby. I love it. So it's a great hard-hitting match. Back and forth action all the way. Eventually, Anoki's landing drop kicks before he makes a tag into Liger who applies the surfboard to Jack Briscoe and Jack taps out. Awesome. In, in about 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying this card because, like, I don't know if you've intentionally done it, but it's sort of booked like a early 90s, like, WWF WrestleMania. Like, not too many, like, out-of-the-ring shenanigans. It's just, like, it's just in-ring, and it's the big names you want to see on a big show. Like, there's not too many, like, too much of a spectacle about it. It's just, it's just everyone you want to see. Fair enough. So from there, we go on to match number five of the night. It is the Texas Bull Rope match. Dory Funk Jr. versus Stevie Ray. The rules in this match are a bit simpler than most bull rope matches. Win via pinfall or submission while tied to one another by a bull rope with a cowbell in the center. So it's not your traditional bull rope match like on SmackDown. I think the most famous one's JBL Eddie, where yeah. they've got to touch all four corners. Yeah, they had like little traffic lights installed on the ring posts. Yeah, so I've just gone back to more of a... um a strap match sort of thing, but instead of a strap, it's a bull rope with a cowbell. Yeah, I love it. Yep. Both men enter in street clothes as they know it's going to be a hard-hitting affair. Shortly into the match, they're both busted open early after taking shots from the cowbell. Late in the match, Dory is using the bull rope to his advantage, hits a modified white Russian leg sweep into the clover leaf for the submission victory in about 10 minutes. now. Yeah, enter the door, man. <laughs> so from there, we sort of move on to our sort of second half of the night, if you will. It's starting to move into contender matches. So match number six of the night, it is D-Generation X, Triple H and Shawn Michaels with X-Pac in their corner versus the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk with Paul Ellering in their corner in a tag team match. Um, if the Road Warriors win, they will become number one contenders to the WWF World Tag Team Championship. I was just going to say, I, I've really liked the build for this particular feud, and um, I really enjoy the the fact that you've put a lot of importance on number one contenderships on your roster, which is something uh, we don't say enough of in modern wrestling. You mean the 30-minute one-team disbands, one-team becomes number one contender stipulation? 
Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> no, let's not talk about that. It's still it's still a fresh wound, I think. Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, it's Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels and Triple H with X Pac versus the Road Warriors. That's Animal and Hawk with Paul Allen in their corner. Now only the Road Warriors here can become number one contenders as they were wrongfully eliminated in the tournament with Shawn Michaels and Triple H becoming involved in their elimination. So the Road Warriors are fired up, working like a team possessed, quick tags, isolating the man. Eventually, Shawn is exhausted, but somehow makes a tag to Triple H, who then tries to clean house, but is caught and dropped. Paul Allering runs around ringside and pulls Shawn Michaels down and then begins brawling with X-Pac, as the Road Warriors hit a doomsday device for the pinfall victory and become the number one contenders to the Tag Team Championship. Oh, what a rash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My throat's dying after doing that. <laughs> Please don't. We still have to get through Southern Wrestling. <laughs> Southern wrestling, thank you. Yes. <laughs> so from there, we go through to the next match. It is match number seven of the night, China versus Jacqueline, where the winner will become number one contenders to the WWF Women's Championship. China has no members of DX in her corner, as they are all in other matches tonight. Jacqueline is enraged that China's stupidity cost her becoming the first women's champion and a tag victory on Raw. This match is all Jacqueline, as she is taking China to Suplex City. Bitch. Ooh. After 10 suplexes, Jacqueline manages to hit a flight over DDT for the pinfall victory in under five minutes. Wow. So Jacqueline becomes number one contender, and commentary mentions that Jacqueline has never lost to Wendy Richter in a singles match, only the triple threat Deadly Games Finals, and a Raw Tag Team match. Both times she was neither pinned or submitted. Wow. And China's on a bit of a tough run at the moment. Yeah, I've got a got an idea in the works coming up there. Very good. So from there, we move on to match number eight of the night. It is a singles match for the number one contendership to the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Mark Henry versus Andre the Giant. Is a hard-hitting match. Andre and Mark are going back and forth around the ringside area with the ref constantly counting and asking the men to come back in. As they enter the ring, both men are attempting to lift one another and body slam. It's back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, Mark goes to lift up Andre, gets him on his shoulders, but wobbles, dumping Andre over the top rope to the floor, and Mark wins via countout. Whoa, win's a win, right? Absolutely. Oh, man, I I didn't see that result coming, to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 probably one of the ones I was tossing up between the most on this card. You know what? I have a very similar match on my card that I literally just rewrote the ending for. A video airs for the next pay-per-view event, Backlash, April 26th from the Infinity Energy Center in good old Atlanta, GA. Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. Do, do, do. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Wrong roster. So it'll feature three championship matches with the Road Warriors challenging for the WWF World Tag Team Championship, Jacqueline challenging for the WWF Women's Championship, and Mark Henry challenging for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. After that video airs, WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett comes down to ringside and holds aloft the WWF Tag Team Championships to the crowd before placing them on a podium ringside and sitting by the commentary desk for the next match. It is the final in the Gold Rush Tournament to crown the WWF World Tag Team Champions. D-Generation X Jesse James and Billy Gunn, with no members of DX ringside as they have been banned from this match after their involvement in the last tournament match versus Immortal, Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle. Now, this is the other question I, I have to ask about who you're picturing in your mind. Like, what does Jeff Jarrett look like in your mind when you're booking him for this? Uh, long blonde hair, silver jacket. Like, towards the end of his TNA run sort of thing, like 09... 2010. No, oh, well, I suppose he didn't have long hair in the Fed, did he, when he had his guitar, when he was no, IC champ? No, no. He had so, bright blonde hair then. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he had the spiky hair and the ridiculous sunglasses and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right, that's what we're picturing. And we're picturing, like, bold Kurt Angle here. Um, yeah, like, was what they refer to it as? Smackdown 6? Yeah, all right, um, so, like, he's at his absolute peak here. And um, another question I have, is there any particular reason why you constantly refer to Billy Gunn and Jesse James as D-Generation X instead of the New Age Outlaws? No, no reason. Okay, cool. <laughs> just wondering. I was just like, oh, what? why doesn't he call them the Outlaws to differentiate which DX team in the tournament and stuff, but... It doesn't really matter now. I suppose I just called them DX because I've had them, the D, other DX members run in and be involved in their matches. So we go to the match itself. Jesse has been isolated for a long stretch of the match with Jeff Jarrett. James makes a hot tag to Billy Gunn as Jeff tags in Kurt Angle. Billy knocks Jeff off the apron and goes for the famous on Kurt. But the Olympic gold medalist dodges and applies an ankle lock to Billy who taps out. And your first... WWF World Tag Team Champions. That's J E double F J A double R E double T and Kurt Angle, the team of Immortal. Wow. Immortal pose in the ring as gold confetti falls and fireworks go off on the stage as we cut to a video reel for the next main event. I will refer to Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett as team two and three, as in. <laughs> Uh, double J and three eyes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Immortal killing it at WrestleMania of all things. Yeah. Weird world we're booking here. Third from the top. Yeah, exactly. No, no offense to everything else, too. It might have been the thing I was the most excited for, too. So we go to the co-main event. It is match number 10. Wendy Richter, the champion, versus Alundra Blaze with Roddy Piper in her corner. Alundra enters first, looking confident and being coached by Roddy. Next to enter is Wendy Richter, who is played down to the ring by a good friend, Cindy Lawfer, in a live rendition of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. 
Awesome. Yeah, I, I asked you off air if I could choose Cindy for WrestleMania, and you said, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. As, as long as you're not putting the strap on a celebrity, that's fine. Well, I, <laughs> I do have one celebrity drafted. <laughs> I, I honestly have been waiting for him to turn up, too. <laughs> yeah, one day. Yeah. So Alundra seems conflicted throughout the match with Roddy constantly in her ear, telling her to take the easy way. In a moment of hesitation, Wendy sees her opening. Capitalising with a powerbomb, Dazed Alundra gets to her feet, and Wendy lands the sit-out DDT for the pinfall victory. And still your WWF Women's Champion, Wendy Richter. Wow. Post-match, Wendy celebrates ringside with Cindy Lauper before going backstage. And in the ring, Alundra is begging for Piper's forgiveness, as he enters the ring, Alundra puts her arm out for help, but Piper says, You were once a vicious champion. What happened? I'm disgusted in you. And leaves Alundra crying alone in the ring as we cut to the next video for the main event. Main event of the night, match number 11, is for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. It is Booker T, the champion, versus Terry Funk. Long back and forth match with each man not being able to hit their finisher. Terry keeps trying for the spinning toe hold, but Booker escapes each time just as Terry escapes the bookend. Terry tries for a spinning toe hold. Again, Booker counters and sends Terry into the ropes. Booker gets a scissors kick, does a spinner rooney, and manages the bookend for the pinfall victory in about 20 minutes. A dejected Terry is helped backstage by referees and Booker T celebrates in the ring as we go off the air. Well, I would definitely pay to see what you booked. Wow, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, very good. Looks like we're building up a bit of an era of dominance with Booker T as champ. And um, uh, considering what your main event is for next month, it's not lost on me how big of a statement putting on a main event like that would be in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely would be a bit of a statement of sorts with Mark Henry versus Booker T. Yeah, I didn't even think of that until just then. Yeah. Yeah, so um, WWF, the Woke Kings in the 90s, by the looks of things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, at not. least this version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much being said. WrestleMania, I don't really have too much set out coming out of here we've just sort of got our neck challenges set up so we've got the road warriors versus immortal for backlash along with wendy richter versus jacqueline and booker t facing mark henry yeah that's some good matches coming up there yeah and like i said earlier there's still a few names yet to show up yeah that's where i was umming and ahhing about adding a late match to the to the kickoff, I was thinking, oh, I've got these couple of people here I could put in a match, and then I'm like, oh, do I really just want to throw away sort of nothing debut match on WrestleMania for these people? So I sort of changed it again last minute. Well, I think you'll start to notice a pattern of uh, most of my free agent pickups aren't really being used, spoiler alert, because I'd rather just wait for me to sort of finish up other storylines and put these new pickups into actual decent positions. So uh, I respect you for doing that. 
Um, yeah, it was a great so show. From there, I suppose we should see what um, WCW had to offer this this time. Yes, uh, let's uh, let's do it. It's uh, four weeks of Nitro heading towards WCW Slamboree, the ladder of success. Ladder match. <laughs> yeah, women's ladder oh, match. That's right. Yeah, main event. Main event. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into it. It is Nitro heading towards Slamboree. All four weeks out of pure laziness is booked at the Disney MGM Studios in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Uh, all right. Buckle in, guys. This is a bit of a lengthy one. All right. Week one. Show opens with Mankind coming out to celebrate his title win. Yeah. Shades of 99 says, yo, Adrian, I did it. Like how he did after he won the WWF world title. Great touch. Yeah. Uh, He talks about the great American bash being one of the most grueling nights of his life. But for him to be a true representative of this historic title, he knows there is a target on his back and he knows what he has to do. If anyone wants a shot, Come out and take a shot because every week I'm going to come out here and defend my US title. Eddie Guerrero comes out and accepts the open challenge. They have a hard-fought two-segment match, but Mankind pulls out the hard-fought win. After the match, the Outsiders come out and attack Eddie Guerrero. Mankind tries to make the save, but they attack Mankind as well. Hulk Hogan and the Rock and Roll Express have a warm-up match of sorts against Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. Uh, Six-man tag after after the match, Flair, Tully, and Arn sneak attack the babyfaces, and the Freebirds join in for a six-on-three attack. Uh, Hogan and the Rock and Roll Express did get the win before all the shenanigans uh, we get Lita beating a local. Uh, Gal Kim beats Sherry. Lita sneak attacks Gal, but Trish makes a save. Bobby Heenan backstage announces he is reforming the Heenan family. And he has new clients that he will reveal in due time. Rikishi squashes a local talent. After the match, Mr. Perfect comes out with Bobby Heenan and and attacks Rikishi. He cuts a promo about how last night was a fluke. He wasn't ready for a guy of the size of Rikishi. It was an open challenge, but he wasn't expecting someone like him, and he wants a rematch at Slamboree. Ding and Warrior squash a couple of local talents as well. They cut a promo officially entering themselves into the tag team division. Macho Man cuts a promo. He is gracious in defeat and respects Mankind for being him like a man. With no tricks or shenanigans. I'm like the no good four horsemen. He then challenges any member of the horsemen to a match. But Edge comes out instead and says that his paycheck recently had a couple of extra zeros added to it under the condition that he does one thing. Finish the job that the horsemen started at the first pay-per-view, and take out the Macho Man. In return, Edge will also get the opportunity to be the number one contender for the US title. 
So it's Slam Bree. It's going to be Macho Man versus Edge in a Falls Count Anywhere match for the number one contendership of the US title at Uncensored, the following month's pay-per-view. Wow, so you're doing a bit of long-term booking along the way as well. Yeah. All right, this is my favorite stuff here. Vignette, training montage of Barry Windham training J.J. Dillon for their handicap match at Slamboree. Think um, Vince and Shane, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Vince and Shane before Vince enters the Rumble. Something along those lines. Stone Cold beats Jimmy Garvin in less than a minute and calls out Barry Windham. J.J. Dillon via satellite shows up on the screen, congratulates Austin on his return to the ring, and says that him and Barry, as previously seen, are deep in their training camp. They won't be able to make it to the live shows until Slamboree, but if Austin wants a fight, he will get it. They think it's only fair, since they're doing so much hard work at the gym, that Austin has appropriate warm-ups before the match at Slamboree as well. So over the next three weeks, he will be having a series of warm-up handicap matches. And that is week one. So a lot there. Oh, wow, that's all just one week. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like I said, I went a bit overboard this week. Anyway, let's just get into it. (laughs) Week two, Mankind Open Challenge, answered by Scott Hall. Kevin Nash tries to interfere, but Eddie makes a save, and Mankind gets the the win. All four men end up brawling. The four Freebirds come out and cut a promo on the Von Eriks, who eventually come out and start a brawl. And just when the Freebirds get the best of them due to the four-on-two numbers, out come... The Blade Runners, Sting and the Ultimate Warrior, who chase off the Freebirds. Uh, Mr. Perfect squashes a local and continues to assault until Rikishi makes a save. But Rick Rude sneak attacks Rikishi and joins the Heenan family. Not exactly a shocker there. Lita beats Sherry Martell and continues to attack Sherry, but Gal Kim and Trish Stratus come out for the save. But Edge comes out. And he spears both women. Oh, this is this is attitude error booking, baby. <laughs> Lita tells Edge to hit a concerto on Sherry, but Macho Man makes a save. Edge and Lita retreat, and Macho helps all three ladies, but it's quite notable that Sherry is the most grateful. Hulk Hogan beats Tully Blanchard, but after the match, Rick and Arn come out and attack Hogan. Commentators ask where the rock and roll are. The cameras go backstage to reveal that they are both laid out. Arn and Tully hold up, hold Hogan up, and Ric Flair continuously whips Hulk Hogan with his belt from his suits. So he's just laying a whipping on the boy. We got another Barry and JJ training montage. This time they have a random guy dressed up like Stone Cold and JJ hits him with a stunner. Stone Cold comes out for his handicap match. JJ shows up on the big screen with Barry standing behind him and they say that they will remain on the screen for this handicap match and every handicap match in the coming weeks to watch it live. And so that 
every time Stone Cold is in pain, he can look up at the big screen and see JJ laughing right at him. Dudley boys come out and the match is on. Stone Cold hits a stunner on Bubba for the three count eventually. But JJ interrupts and said that he never said this match could be decided by pinfall. This match was always a table match. I don't know what you're on about. Stone Cold turns around and Devon already has a table set up whilst JJ was talking and Bubba has recovered. 3D through the table and the Dudleys win. Nitro goes off air with Stone Cold selling and JJ and Barry laughing on the big screen. That's week two. <sighs> Pretty good so far. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, Nitro starts off cold with on week three with Ric Flair, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard and Hogan and the Rock and Roll Express. All six men are brawling all over the parking lot. Ric Flair has a crowbar in his hand and swings it at Hogan, but Hogan reverses, steals the crowbar and swings at Ric Flair's head, but Flair moves and the crowbar goes through the window of a nearby police car. Police come out of the vehicle and arrest Hogan for destroying their car. I was hoping sirens would go off and it was a random Scott Steiner sighting. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Nash accepts Mankind's open challenge this week. Finish comes when Eddie saves Mankind from another outsider's interference. And Mankind pins Kevin Nash with the double-arm DDT. After the match, Scott Hall fights off Eddie and attacks Mankind. Mankind fights off Hall. Eddie comes in with a chair and swings at Nash, but Hall pushes Nash out of the way, and Eddie hits Mankind over the head with the chair. The outsiders retreat. Eddie tries to help up Mankind, but Mankind ends up attacking Eddie and puts the mandible claw on Eddie. He gets the microphone and he says that he's sick of Everyone getting involved in his business with this Eddie and this outsider stuff. He's done with it. So he's going to settle this the only way he knows how. A fatal four-way for his title at Slamboree. Mean Gene announces two more matches added to Slamboree. The Von Eriks versus Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts. The two members of the Freebirds that... Uh, attack them after their match at the last pay-per-view. And the Blade Runners versus Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. Rikishi is cutting a promo backstage, hyping up his match at Slamboree against Mr. Perfect, but Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect attack Rikishi and leave Rikishi bleeding backstage. Uh, We get the Dudleys beating some locals. Macho Man cuts a promo in ring against Edge and challenges Edge to come out and fight him right now, but Sensational Sherry comes out instead. She thanks Macho and wants to make amends for their past relationship and begs to be his manager again. He eventually accepts. Sherry then challenges later an edge to a mixed tag match next week. Trish Stratus cuts a promo on later an edge, but Gal Kim cuts her off and they talk about the attack the week before. They agree to have each other's back, but before Slamboree, 
But when that bell rings, all bets are off. Rock and Roll Express bait locals, but are attacked by Arn, Tully, and Flair. Flair repeatedly whips the Rock and Roll Express with his belt, cuts a promo about how they are the best of the industry and they will destroy Hogan and the R&R at Slamboree. He adds a stipulation to the title rematches for the following month's pay-per-view. If the Rock and Roll Express or Hogan lose their title rematches, they can never have another shot at their titles as long as the horsemen hold the gold. Another JJ and Barry training montage. JJ is shown hitting some of Stone Cold's signature moves on more people dressed as Austin. He then starts to skull his beers like Austin, but ends up choking on the beer and coughing. Uh, That's a little comedy bit. JJ and Barry remain on the screen again for another handicap match. His opponents this week are Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect. Austin hits a stunner on Perfect, but Rick Rude attacks Stone Cold with that bendy bar thing he uses for warm-ups. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that bendy bar thing. That did like a pose down at Royal Rumble one year and he attacked Warrior with it. Oh, wow. So um, he uses that on Stone Cold. Ref calls for the bell and DQs Rude and Perfect, but JJ says this was a no-DQ match. Rude pins Austin and wins and then continues to attack Austin, but a bandaged Rikishi makes a save and chases the heels away. JJ and Barry look furious on the big screen. They say Rikishi will pay for this, but Austin gives the bird to JJ to end Nitro. Um, well done. All right. Go home show. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Trading montage again. JJ is seen running up the rocky steps. He makes it to the top, but ends up throwing up everywhere. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of booking JJ like a goof, but I, I think it works. Austin comes out and cuts a promo saying he doesn't want to waste any time. If JJ and Barry are going to screw him again, uh, if JJ and Barry are going to screw him again tonight, they might as well do it now. JJ and Barry appear on the big screen in their gym that JJ has been training at. Outsiders come out and they beat down Austin. Austin gets the upper hand, hits a stunner on both guys. But Barry walks away from JJ and leaves the gym. Barry comes down the ramp and he attacks Austin. JJ reveals that this week the gym behind him is a green screen. All three men beat down Austin, jackknife, outsider's edge, belly to belly. And now JJ comes down and has a mic and says this was always a four-on-one handicap match. And JJ pins Austin for the three count. Uh, All four men continue their assault, but Mankind and Nettie try to make the save, but the outsiders end up getting the best of them. JJ then is seen writing a check and giving it to Nash and Hall. Because we all know those uh, outsider boys, they love their paydays. 
Uh, Later is hyping up the title match for the pay-per-view and the mixed tag match for tonight. Says it's cute that Gal Kim and Trish have each other's back, but good luck doing that when they have a no-DQ match against each other tonight. Blair, Arn and Tully come out, cut a promo, but it... They're interrupted by the Rock and Roll Express and Hogan, all armed with weight belts. Ric Flair calls Hogan a filthy jailbird, but all three faces storm the ring and swing the belts at the heels. The heels are a treat. Flair announces that the Rock and Roll Express have a tables match against the Dudleys right now, and Hogan is banned from ringside. Dudleys versus Rock and Roll Express. Uh... Rock and Roll get the upper hand, but Flair, Arn, and Tully interfere and attack the Rock and Roll Express. The Dudleys put both Rock and Roll Express through tables for the win. Hogan comes out for the save, but the numbers are too much, and he gets put through a table by the Dudleys, and the horsemen pose with their feet on Hogan's chest. Eight-man tag. Freebirds get beaten by the Von Eriks and the Blade Runners. Uh, Gal Kim and Trish Stratus have a lengthy back-and-forth no-DQ match, but Lita comes out and attacks both women with ladders and lays them on top of each other for a, a double pin, and it's a no-contest as both women pinned each other and both women are stretched out of the arena. Rikishi beats a local, but rude and perfect attack again. But out of nowhere, the Wild Samoans debut. They chase off the Heenan family. Rikishi says, you have your family, Heenan, but I have mine. As Heenan, perfect and rude retreat. The Samoans will be in Rikishi's corner to even up the odds on Sunday. Uh, so... Pretty much what you predicted there, Hoggy. If it ain't broke, why fix it? Yeah. Uh, and the final segment of my Nitros, thankfully. Edge and Leader versus Macho and Sherry. Finish comes when Macho accidentally bumps the ref. Edge spears Macho and him and Leader tie Macho up in the ropes. Just like how Jake did when he made... A snake bite Macho Man. Macho's all tied up in the ropes. And uh, Edge hits a one-man concerto on Sherry whilst Macho is forced to watch. Leader pins Sherry whilst Edge attacks Macho in the ropes. Edge then hits a concerto on Macho and Edge and Leader pose to end Nitro heading into Slamboree. So, uh, there's that. <laughs> wow, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the, um, JJ and Austin stuff? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, like you said, it's very um, Vince Rumble. Yeah, yeah. It's like Vince, uh, Vince's stuff before the Rumble if Vince wasn't actually, like, muscly and fit. <laughs> That's kind of what I was going for. Like, if Vince was out of shape doing those vignettes. But yeah. Yeah. All right. 
WCW Slamboree, the ladder of success. Gorilla and Jesse welcome us to the Norfolk Scope in Virginia for Slamboree. Yes, this is that arena the DX invaded during the Monday Night War. Oh, hang on. I'll go and grab a Jeep and a big bit of gutter piping and I'll see you in half an hour. Yeah, send them over, mate. Yeah, that or I'll just send Tank Girl over with her tank. <laughs> well, she definitely won't get let in. <laughs> yeah, All so right, from the kick- scope, what do you have? We're kicking off the pay-per-view with Sting and Warrior. They come out, and then all four Freebirds come out. It's the Blade Runners versus Hayes and Garvin. Uh, the Gordy and Roberts start to get involved, but the Von Erichs come out, even the odds Blade Runners make quick work of their opponents for the clean win, whilst the Von Erichs hold off Gordy and Roberts. We quickly go straight into the Von Erichs versus Gordy and Roberts. This one's a little bit more back and forth. The Blade Runners and Hayes and Garvin are still ringside. Von Erichs eventually get the win with the Von Erich claw. JJ Dillon then comes up on the big screen. Boo. And announces Boo. that next month... <laughs> he announces that next month at Uncensored there will be a triple threat tag team match to determine the next number one contenders. It will be the Blade Runners versus the Von Erichs versus the Dudleys. The Blade Runners then have a stare down with the Von Erichs, but the Dudleys sneak attack with tables. 3D on Kevin, 3D on Sting, 3D through tables for both Warrior and Kerry. Dudleys pose. Ooh. So we're set, setting up a three-way tag match for the next month, number one contender style. You would almost think I stole a few ideas from you, but I had no idea that you were going to do so many number one contenders matches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. As, as the quote from the last episode, it's part and parcel of not knowing what each other is doing. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, all right. Uh, US title match is up next. It is Eddie Guerrero versus Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash versus the US champion Mankind. Lengthy back and forth match. They're going all over the place. At some point near the start, Eddie and Mankind get thrown out of the ring after getting beat down by the outsiders. Hall and Nash are about to lock up. But Nash hits the finger poke of doom on Hall. Nash covers Hall. One, two. And Eddie and Mankind make the save and break the pin. So there's your finger poke of doom reference, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I was almost going to do it. (laughs) Almost? Almost. Um, Eddie gets... uh, Eddie gets powerbombed through an announce table. Mankind beats down Hall and puts him through a guardrail outside. Nash and Mankind are left in the ring. Mankind eventually gets the mandible claw on Nash for the win. After the match, Hall and Nash are absolutely pissed. 
Uh, they continue to attack Mankind. J.J. Dillon then comes out and says congratulations to Mankind, but he forgot something. He forgot to do his open challenge that he was contractually obliged to do the week before. So to make up for it, JJ is forcing Mankind to defend his US title again tonight against this man. And out of nowhere, Barry Windham comes out, attacks Mankind, pins Mankind, one, two, three, new US champ, Barry Windham, Mankind gets stretched out. What? <laughs> Boo. Boo, I say. <laughs> That's just pretty much me reversing the last-minute decision from last month. I think I did it creatively enough. Yeah. <laughs> You're meant to hate it, man. <laughs> Austin cuts a promo backstage talking about how he's going to kick JJ and Barry's asses tonight and congratulates Barry on his title win, but one of these days he's going to get his hands on Barry's US title. And that's the bottom line. Oh, that was a bad impression. <laughs> Would you like to try again? And that's the bottom... Nah, nah, no good. <laughs> uh, Rikishi versus Perfect, lengthy back and forth match. They're really... Going at it. Heenan and Rude get up on the apron, distract the ref. Samoans get in the ring and they attack Rikishi. Boo. Boo. Perfect pins Rikishi and Heenan announce, yes, Rikishi, the wild Samoans are family. They are Heenan family. So they're together for less than a week. Yeah, Rikishi's basically a big idiot. He brought in his family, but... They'd r- we'll get there. Is this getting a bit too Vince Russo for your liking? No, you don't have a King of the Mountain match yet. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> nah, I've never. All right, JJ and Barry come out for their handicap match. JJ is standing in the ring whilst Barry waits at the ramp for Austin. But Austin comes out from underneath the ring between JJ and Barry, and he attacks Barry, beats him up all over the outside of the ring area, and he handcuffs him to the guardrails. Austin then spends five minutes beating the crap out of JJ. JJ's bleeding. He can't stand. Austin grabs a mic and a chair. He wraps the chair around JJ's leg. He gets his beer cooler, brackets Esky, as well he pulls out a contract out of his esky he says that he will break jj's leg if barry doesn't sign this contract that adds austin to the u.s title match at uncensored barry reluctantly agrees but austin breaks jj's leg anyway he then says dta you dumb son of a bitch don't trust anybody He then, te- then he, he then tells Barry that he'll see him and whoever the sorry son of a bitch is that wins the number one contenders match and uncensored. And he flips off Barry, hits him in the head with a chair and leaves drinking a few Steve Weisers on his way out. So um, some very, very Austin shenanigans going on there. Yeah, I, I really like that so far. 
if you don't think I'm going to book Austin like the star he is, you got another thing coming, ladies and gentle humans. What you need um, to do is book him like he was in ECW. Well, I got Hulk Hogan there for him to mock, so could work. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that, but yeah, you do. <laughs> could do that thing. Uh, Hogan cuts a promo with the Rock and Roll Express and Mean Gene. They're all in matching red and yellow tights. Think of like the red and yellow tights. Um, Hogan wore in like Bash at the Beach 96 when he turned heel, but he's not turning heel, don't worry. <laughs> um, not yet, brother. That doesn't work for me, brother. Um, because this here rag shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Dave and his rag sheet, brother. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> They're all wearing matching weight belts. They're all fired up. They can't wait to get their hands on the horseman tonight. All right. Edge versus Macho Man. Falls count anywhere. Crazy brawl all over the arena, even backstage. Macho's selling the injuries from Nitro. Edge sets a table on the outside. Macho's on the apron. Edge spears Macho through the ropes to the table on the outside for the clean win. Both men can barely stand, but Lita comes out to help up Edge. And she hands Edge two steel chairs as Edge repeatedly, once, twice, three, four, five times, hits the concerto on Macho Man. Macho Man gets stretched out. Edge celebrates, and it's official. Wyndham versus Austin versus Edge for the US title at Uncensored. Boo. Poor Macho. <laughs> Don't you worry about Macho. You know he's one of my all-time favourites. I ain't doing him wrong. Maybe Where Arn and Tully versus Rock and Roll Express and Hulk Hogan. A uh, long match. Hogan and R&R selling their backs a lot from the Nitro attacks. Barry Windham tries to get involved, but gets chased off by Stone Cold. Rock and roll take out Arn and Tully on the outside, and Hogan hits the big boot and the leg drop for the clean pinfall on Flair. So Hogan gets the pinfall on Ric Flair... They get to choose the stipulations for the next month's title matches. Mean Gene comes out to interview Hogan and the Rock and Roll Express, asking them what steps they choose for Uncensored. Rock and Roll choose a best out of three falls match against Arn and Tully because they don't want to beat him once. They want to beat him twice and rock and roll all night, baby. Uh, Hogan announces that he chooses for his world title match against Flair a Yappa Pie Indian strap match. The Yappa Pie, the Yappa Pie, the Yappa Pie. If you don't remember that infamous <laughs> promo. Yes. Uh, he's going to whip Flair all over Uncensored and take his title. Mean Gene says he just received word from the WCW matchmaking committee 
The tomorrow night on Nitro, the main event will be an eight-man tag, the Four Horsemen versus the Rock and Roll Express, Hulk Hogan, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Video package airs for the women's main event. We then cut to backstage. We get interviews with all three women. They talk about how important this main event is for all three of them. It is the triple threat ladder match for the women's title. Lita versus Gal Kim versus Trish Stratus. Crazy match, lots of high spots. Lita even gets busted open at one point. Gal Kim and Trish both take out Lita and they both try to climb the ladder. They keep stopping each other. Edge comes out, knocks down both women. He then tries to climb the ladder to grab the title for Lita, but Gail and Trish both tip the ladder and Edge goes flying and goes neck first to the barricade outside. Lita is finally up and sets a table up outside. Trish throws Gail to the outside and starts climbing the ladder. She reaches the top and gets her fingertips on the tile, but Lita tips the ladder over Trish goes flying to the outside through that table she set up earlier. Lita almost has the title, but Gail Kim meets her at the top. Gail and Lita exchange strikes at the top of the ladder. Gail then goes for the Hurricane Runner off the ladder, but Lita hangs onto the ladder. Gail lands splat on the ring. Lita grabs the title and is your first WCW Women's Champion. She makes out with a heavily limping edge whilst pyro and confetti fall to end slamboree. But wait, it's Austin! <laughs> Austin comes in, hits a stunner on edge. Lita tries to flirt with Austin to get him to stop, but Austin says, uh-uh! He fakes going to kick Lita in the gut for the stunner, but in te- instead tells Lita to turn around. Lita turns around, it's Gal Kim. She hits eight defeat on Lita. Austin gives Gal a nod of approval and offers Gal a beer. Both Austin and Gal have a beer bash in the ring as we fade to black. That's a very good touch because you know Gal's connection to beer, don't you? Um, I don't know, actually. <gasps> How dare you? What? She used to be the manager for beer money. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, don't you have another former manager of Beer Bunny? Oh, probably. I know that Jacqueline was a manager for both of them for a little bit too. Yes, yes, indeed. So, um, um, really finishing, the show. The, uh, finishing the pay-per-view, um, just want to quickly say, matches already set for... WCW Uncensored. Uh, I'll give you the hot scoop. WCW Uncensored, a night of violence from Philadelphia. <laughs> um, you still mad? Uh, I'll get over it. <laughs> I, I had this venue booked long in advance. You undercut me. It happens in business. <laughs> Uh, we got number one contender for the tag titles, Dudleys versus Blade Runners versus Von Erics. 
Uh, Rock and Roll Express versus Arn and Tully. Two out of three falls for the tag titles. Barry Windham versus Stone Cold versus Edge. Triple threat match for the US title. And the main event, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair for the world title in a yappa pie. Indian strap match. I might get rid of the word Indian because it's somewhat offensive. <laughs> okay, I'll just add around that to just leave it in Shopify. No, no, that's all right. Leave it in. Okay. <laughs> leave it in. It is what they advertised it as back in the day. I'm just, this is just a product of the 90s. <laughs> um, yeah, we also got a match set for the next night's Nitro, the Horseman versus Rock and Roll Express, Hogan and Austin. Um, there is a lot going on. <laughs> There's some very heavy all-over-the-shop booking. Um, some people might say it might have been a swerve for a swerve's sake with the Samoans, but I will argue until the wheels fall off that it was a case of money getting in the way of family, and we'll get there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anything really much else to add there before we go into the women's supplementary draft? Um, what what were your thoughts? Like, I sort of <laughs> talked over you as you were patting my back. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoy how you're using Austin Hogan, the Horseman. The um, Brain Busters, you've got the um, Freebirds, the Von Erics. You've got a lot of depth there. The Samoans, the Heenan family now, the Blade Runners. Yeah. <laughs> the um, women main eventing in a ladder match after a cage match. That was really good because so far the only big stipulation match I've had other than the Rumble would be my bull rope match. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the only real... Like, I've had a couple of tables matches on TV because the Dudleys, you got to do a tables match here and there. But um, the only massive gimmick matches I've done, besides those table matches with the Dudleys, is gimmick matches for the women. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but yeah. Yeah, so I've had, like, a steel cage match and now a ladder match. Um, I'm like the women's division isn't where the names are, the big names are, but it's where not, the big action yet. is. They might be uh, after our draft. Yeah. And <laughs> my whole goal is I want my women's division to be sort of like how people used to view the X division back in the day or how people viewed the cruiserweights, like. It is the it is the stunt show of WCW. It is the action of it all. Ooh, okay. So that's basically my goal with everything. Um, yeah, um, I've tried my best to give as many people as possible some decent storyline time. Um, but besides that. Um, I'm not going to bring someone onto my card if I don't have something significant for them. So that's why you'll notice that like some free agents haven't turned up yet. Yeah, but... that, that was the same as me with 
Mania, I didn't want to put my recently acquired male wrestlers in a singles match for not really much reason. Yeah, that's it. So um, do you want to do two twisties each? Yeah, we can do that in a sec. We'll just go the um, the women's draft first. Let's get into it. You have uh, compiled a list of females to sort of pad up our rather thin female rosters that, because of the lack of uh, females in the Hall of Fame, we don't really have much many options out there. So you've figured out a decent list of women to choose from to yeah. do a supplementary draft, and we're gonna draft six uh six women each from this list of people so do you want to just give a quick explanation of how you compiled this list yeah so there's 57 women's wrestlers on here so i've gone through there's the list of wwe hall of famers uh then the wwe hall of fame legacy wing inductees plus the WWF champions. So that includes the WWF women's champion from 1956 to 2010, the WWF women's tag team championship from 1983 till 1989, and the WWE Divas championship from 2008 till 2016. Then... The fourth category is WCW champion. So that includes the WCW Women's Heavyweight Championship from 1996 until 1997 and the Women's Cruiserweight Championship of WCW from 1997 until 1998. So yeah, all up, that gives us about 57 women to choose from that also includes the women we originally drafted plus gal kim who was your first supplemental pick yeah so uh, we had discussed this off air there was a couple of wrestlers we felt uncomfortable with because they're still wrestling on tv in the wwf today so they're excluded that is charlotte flair uh, mickey james and natalia or natty nyhart you and I sort of had an argument about whether Stephanie McMahon is active or not. <laughs> I claim, as she's listed here as Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, that character is not active. What we have now is WWE Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> yes, very much so. So, like I said, overall, there's... um. Yeah, 57 women. Stephanie McMahon is eligible, as are all the Hall of Famers who haven't been chosen, or the Legacy Wing uh, Hall of Famers who haven't been chosen, or the WWF Women's Tag Team Women's or Divas Champions, excluding Gal Kim, who you've already been gifted, and then the five WCW Women's Champion. Most of them are from Japan. Yeah, so um, I've compiled together a, a short list yep. of about 14 women that I would be interested in picking. Yeah, I sort of have an idea of who I'm going to go after. How about yourself? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of plans here. So 
I suppose we'll see how it goes. Now, I had mentioned to you that off air previously that I have six women and you still have five and that I was going to gift you another woman before we actually started the supplemental graph. Do you want to know who that is? Yeah, I'm very curious. So if you're willing, you can take the first pick in the draft after this plus so this doesn't count towards your total six picks this counts to bring us to six and six total you'll yeah. get miss elizabeth i'm not gonna say no to that uh in fact i might say Ooh, yeah. i did look and she has had five matches previously for wcw <laughs> yeah yeah um Five matches that she was very unhappy with being involved with because she never wanted to actually wrestle. Um, yeah, I will definitely take her. There's definitely a spot for her on my roster. Fair enough. And then the first pick for yourself there, Alex. Yeah. Um, so we go now into the supplementary draft proper. Uh, we both have six picks each, so it'll be 12 picks total choosing one wrestler at a time. If you wanted a tag team like um, Lakel, you have to make that over two separate picks. Uh, the floor you is yours, my man. Because it makes me think that you've got a similar idea. Yeah, so for the first uh, pick of this supplementary draft, WCW picks uh, the one and only AJ Lee. You bugger, that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the best women of all time, <laughs> in my opinion. Very versatile. Uh, can be a sympathetic baby face or a cowardly or despicable heel. Um, very versatile for fantasy booking, really. Oh, man, that throws out my plans already. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay. I'm going to go and pick from the group of WWF champions, I'm going to pick Paige. Ah, bugger. There goes my second pick. Pick number three in the supplementary draft, Alex. Yeah. Um, WCW picks Victoria. Great choice. Someone I've actually seen live before. Have you? Yeah, I saw a wrestle... Um, House of Hardcore? House of Hardcore against Mickey James. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, was it good or what? Yeah. The crowd, not so much. Um, Cancelled. <laughs> yes, that's a that's another discussion for another day. Um, oh, there's a few choices I want to go here, but I'm not not too sure where to go next. Um. Okay. I can see one or two options. Yeah, yeah, I'll go that pick. I'm going to go from the... We've all just chosen from the champions pool of WWF at the moment, and I'm going to keep the ball rolling there. I'm going to choose Boom Nakano. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, each pick is making me very nervous. Every pick you've had has been what I was going to pick next. <laughs> dear oh dear so that means I'm going to have to 
Yeah, so WCW was going to draft next. Melina. Another good choice. She's a very, very talented in-ring performer. Um, I'm sort of picking people that can sort of be babyface or heels. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Uh, From the group of WWF champions, I'm picking Kelly Kelly. Wow. Um, I'm shocked by this pick. Quite frankly, I thought there might have been a good chance of her going undrafted. But Kelly Kelly is definitely an interesting pick and something, um, yes, what are those sort of personalities you can do a lot with creatively? Yeah, your next choice, Alex. So you've already chosen three. Your first three picks were AJ Lee, Victoria, and Melina. Where do you go next? Yeah, so for my next pick, I'm really nervous about doing this. Oh, should I do it? Yeah, I'll I'll do it. Uh, WCW drafts Michelle McCall. Good choice. Okay. Wow, you've really got a work rate roster in your women's division there. Yeah, yeah. It's um I, I sort of had the idea of full disclosure, uh using the women's division like how WCW used to use the cruiserweight division. Ooh. Okay. Um I already know where I'm going next. So for my first three picks, I've had Paige, Bull Nakano, and Kelly Kelly. And I'm going to stick... I think we've only chosen from the champions so far. Yeah, the way I see it is the Hall of Famers are pretty much all ridden into the free agent tub as it is. It's only if you really want one of them. Yeah. And then the legacy wing we mentioned before was hard to sort of position somewhere yeah i'm going to go with a champion again i'm choosing caitlin oh god she was definitely on my short list Um, one of my one of our listeners warwick thompson will know how much of a crush i had on caitlin at one point in my life (laughs) final two picks alex yeah um no surprise here uh i'm gonna draft layla Oh, I'm really eternally grateful for you that you didn't just screw me over for the sake of screwing me over then, because I definitely would have contemplated it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Used it as trade bait for sure. There is there is so many good options left on the table. And oh, man. okay, I'm. You know what? I really like this wrestler, so I'm going to go there. From the champion's pool, one-time Divas champion, I'm choosing Alicia Fox. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the Noam Dar thing. All right, so it's official. Uh, The The greatest match in wrestling history cannot happen on our fantasy (laughs) booking thing. (laughs) Melina and Alicia Fox on separate brands. Oh, don't worry, I might have a trade offer for you yet. Uh, I'm open. <laughs> let's uh, let's see where you go for your last overall pick. Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to do it. I was almost going to say 
something. Nah. Uh, the last pick, WCW drafts Molly Holly. Uh, that's where I was going next. Very good choice. I was um, very close to saying Stephanie McMahon. I was very close. Just so you couldn't have a <laughs> with Triple H. <laughs> uh, like, credit to everyone in this list. There's easily another five or ten wrestlers I could easily draft. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I might eventually go through this list and add a fair chunk of these names to the free agency pool. Just because the WWE Women's Hall of Fame is so lacking. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's some really good names on this list. Um, Do you want me to choose first before you give me any offers? <laughs> yeah, you better better make a pick. Okay. I think it shows how lacking the depth in the Hall of Fame is that so far all 11 choices are WWF champions. And I'm going to make it a clean sweep with number 12. I'm choosing... The one-time women's champion from the WWF Champions Group, Deborah. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh. Well, there's definitely a easy pairing for her on your roster. Um, yeah, if you want to run down any of the uh, names that weren't mentioned, like you were just about to say before I chose. Yeah, I know. I was about to ruin everything. Um, Full disclosure, I did want to take Deborah last just because of the pairing it opens itself to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, full disclosure, my whole goal for this thing was to just get, like, work rate, work rate, work rate, can be face or heel and can be paired up with someone or can be separate. Like Um, just versatile, versatile utility players. And I'm genuinely happy with what I got. Fair enough. So I'll go through here. The names that weren't chosen. Akira Hokuto, WCW women's champion. Do you know much of her? I've seen her, I think she had a match with Medusa at Road Wild or Hog Wild once. Okay. Bertha Faye, also known as Rhonda Singh, uh, former WWF Women's Champion. Do you know much of her work either? Yeah, she was brought into the WWF in uh, 94 or 95, uh, just after Alundra Blaze had beaten Bull Nucano, they needed another monster for a Lundra. Uh Candice Michelle. Yeah, um, teenage fruity loved Candice Michelle. Um, <laughs> we go down to Desiree Peterson, former oh, uh, tag team champion. Uh, yeah. Devil Masami, former WCW women's champion. Uh, the next name you're about to read... Um, <laughs> Eve Torres <laughs> I think is one of the most underrated women's wrestlers of all time yeah fair call she's married to a Gracie come on man she's like a submission queen she kicks Zach, she kicks Zack Ryder in the nuts at Wrestlemania <laughs> <laughs> 
and yes. ended his push. And no. his whole like uh, Kane ended his push when he pushed him off the ramp. Yeah, and then like a month later, he got kicked in the nuts by a girl at WrestleMania, and like he was never the same again. But um, Eve Torres was very close to joining my roster. Yuki Yakazami, former uh, WWF tag team champ. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Ivory, the current Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, definitely a great utility player um pretty much only the only reason she didn't get drafted is because we pretty much have access to her whenever we want if necessary uh jazz wwf women's champion yeah um like i said i was looking for people that could be both heel and face um was very close to writing jazz's name down but i feel like there's other women that can be just as strong as a heel as Jazz is, as well as a strong face. Jazz has it. Julian Hall uh, from the WWF Champions Group. I don't think she was in any danger of being drafted. <laughs> and then June Byers from the Legacy Wing. Yeah. Same problem as most of the yeah. Legacy Wing. Judy Grable's Legacy Wing. Judy Martin... Uh, WWF Women's Tag Team Champion, Leilani Kai, uh, both a women and tag team champion. Yeah. Didn't she have a feud with Muller at one point? Yeah, I think so. She was a little bit before my time. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't draft this woman, Luna Vachon. Yeah, so um, I know she's in that free agency tub. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty uh, much I... the main reason I didn't draft her. I wasn't too sure if, like, the people on this list that we're drafting was going to actually show up again for us to take. So I was just like, let's just take what I can now. Fair enough. Uh, she's part of the legacy wing, I should mention. Uh, yeah. May Young, the Hall of Famer. No real explanation needed there. Give her a hand. <laughs> no one took Maurice. Wow, I found that interesting. WWF Women's Champion group there yeah uh, she was definitely on the list uh mildred burke of the legacy wing same problem again not really uh i don't know that much about her niora toyoto okay (laughs) uh one of the jumping bomb angels former women's tag team champ there oh yeah they had a tag match at the royal rumble like 89 i want to say that was like really good oh wow yeah Uh, yeah Princess Victoria, again, former women's tag champ. Rockin' Robin. Oh, okay. I was like, didn't I draft her? No, I, I don't know. No, Which it's a one? Victoria. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Rockin' Robin, former women's champ. Sable, a women's champ as well. Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, one time women's champ. No one drafted, even though that was a possibility. Uh, yeah, she was, yeah, like, I almost said her name. Like, I started saying s- at one point. Slayla. <laughs> it pretty much went s- oh, Molly Holly. <laughs> uh, Sugar Saito, a WCW women's champ. The Hall of Famer Sunny, a.k.a. Tammy Lynn Cinch. 
not really anything to say there. Uh, again, the Hall of Famer, the fabulous Moolah. Surprised no one drafted this woman. WWF Women's Champion, the cat, a.k.a. Miss Kitty. Oh, man, big part of the childhood. Definitely fond memories of her just being absolutely vulgar to me as a just flaunting all of her skin whilst I'm an eight-year-old kid watching or however old I was, feeling awkward watching it around my parents. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't... She's not what I was after. The Hall of Famer, Tori Wilson, recently inducted last year or the year prior, I believe. Yeah, so... um. She's already in the free agency pool. Yeah, so, like a, a lot of the Hall of Fame and legacy wins yeah. that you've mentioned. I know she missed a Tory on this list. Surely she won a title, right? Which one? The other Tory. X-Pac's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> not, not one of the women's titles. Like, I could have put in the... Uh, the hardcore championship and oh that my. would have added more women in the pool. I could have added the Oh my uh, god, she never won the, or the cruiserweight title. title and that would have added more women, but I decided just to leave it at the official uh women specific championships. Yep, my apologies. I just looked up a Wikipedia page. I'm blown away that she never won the women's title. Yeah. Yeah. She was actually good though. That's the thing. <laughs> Uh, Toshi Yumatsu, uh, WCW Women's Cruiserweight Champion. Oh, congratulations uh, to her. <laughs> Velvet McIntyre. Um, uh, Drew's mum. <laughs> yeah, she's actually Scottish if you look up her bio. She's one-time oh, no. WWF Women's Champion, two-time tag champ. Oh, no. <laughs> this is probably because I've done this the past week. I've got it stuck in my mind, this lady's McIntyre and Drew's Galloway. All right, yep. <laughs> um, you've drafted Victoria, which leads the final woman not drafted, Yoshioko Tamura, a yes, WCW uh... Women's Cruiserweight Champion. My apology on any of the mispronunciations there. Yeah, you um, did a better job than I would have. <laughs> are you happy with your choices? Do you want to offer a trade or do you want to try to negotiate for a couple more picks or are you all happy? I'm pretty happy with what I got. But is are there is there any interest on a trade from your end? Like is there something you're thinking about trading? It doesn't just have to oh. be the girls, by the way. Oh, like, I'd get one or two good matches out of this woman, but I am open to a trade for a certain woman. Oh, man. You want to hit me with it or what? Um, I'd be open to trading. I want AJ Lee. In return, I'm willing to give you Bull Nakano. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh Pretty much, um, you'd have to really bring the heat to want me to trade AJ. Oh. Um. Um. Okay, okay, I can sweeten the deal. Instead of Bull, I'll give you Alicia Fox for AJ Lee. I uh, hate to break your heart, but I actually hate Alicia Fox. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you have Melina. 
That's that's exactly. a self-taught program. I picked. <laughs> Hogan Flair, you're going, you're going first. <laughs> we got Melina and Alicia Fox on the card, mate. Closing the show, stuck at <laughs> 98. <laughs> um, do you have any counter offers then? Do you want Paige or Bull or any of the women I've drafted or any of the other women I've previously drafted? If you wanted the Bellas as a package, I'd only be open to trading them for Lakel. All uh, right. Uh, Oh, nah, nah. I'd... See, I really want Nikki, but I don't really want Bree. <laughs> nah, um, I just need to remind myself of who's on your roster. Yeah, what can I do to get her? Who can I give you for that? You know what? I'm just going to say no because I'm thinking too hard about it, which means I'm too hesitant. You don't want to offer... Molly Holly or Melina or Victoria for a trade? I'll give you Melina for a laundry blaze. Oh. Oh. No, no, I can't. <laughs> knowing, knowing what I've already got said, I can't. Uh, someone's got plans. Yeah, I, I, I can't, no. No, with, uh, with what I've already got in place coming out of WrestleMania, I can't. Uh, well, tr- trades are always open, so you can always come back to them once you once you're done with a wrestler, really. Yeah. Um, because we got a limited sort of free agent pool of people we actually know. <laughs> like yeah. we got a fairly decent one if I chucked in a heap of people we didn't really know how to use. Uh, I make it that if you release someone, you have to randomly draw someone. Yeah, so I can release someone, but it's potluck who I get, whether I get like a, a main eventer or whether I get a jobber. It's just yeah, random it's, luck. It's sort of, yeah, it's a risk slash reward sort of deal. Release Bret Hart gets Coco Beware. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but give me... Ooh. Four or five more episodes, and I'll be offering you some fire trades, <laughs> like insane trades. Yeah, so that's sort of our women's draft. Um, just to give us a bit more. That. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you bastard. Uh, Victoria, you I think AJ we Lee. just we kept taking each other's picks. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Um, so from there, I suppose we're gonna do some. Twisty twists, twists. Yeah, it is time to head down the store, grab a little, grab a little bag of twisties. Um, as Hoggy can clearly see right now, I am wearing my Terry Funk shirt in oh. support of his former number one contender at WrestleMania. All right. Um, who's going first, me? Um, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. drafting first this time. Yeah. So we're going to do me, then you, then me, then you. Yeah, because that's how we did it last time. All right. My first pick. Oh, 
says handpick a non-wrestling free agent. Ooh, I've got a lot of non-wrestlers. Um, so WCW drafts to join the commentary team. Good old JR. JR? What year was he inducted? Uh, I think it was like 2007. So Jim Ross is now part of WCW. Okay, you avoid the double injury card. <laughs> That's the main thing, right? Well, I, I, there's still a chance I could get it. <laughs> All right, Hoggy. Random free agent. Oh, jeez. You're being awfully kind with these. Yeah, I know. Um, I swear to God, I put enough free agents and um, uh, injuries and stuff. All right, free agent time for Hoggy. Come on, don't steal someone I want to eventually get. Oh, this might be a very big name for your division. The Animal. Ooh. Batista. <laughs> That's my horrible Justin Roberts impression. <laughs> he was supposed to go in this year, wasn't he? Batista, yeah. Jeez, I've got like most of the class to 2020. <laughs> I, got, I got Liger, I've got Batista, and I've got the Bellas. <laughs> and you you've do, got JBL. You and you've already got the NWO members. <laughs> yeah, I do. All right, shake it up again. My turn. Well, you jinxed me. One month injury. So it is time for me. Uh, champions, as always, are exempt. Um, it's only the wellness ones they get, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I don't know what you think, but I think we should be allowed, like, one television appearance to write them off if they're a champion or if they're just someone should yeah um yeah okay but it has to be that first episode yeah all right who is it don't be don't be one of the matches i've already set <sighs> mr perfect Mr. Perfect is injured for next for the next month. Did you have him in a match? I had already started to write plans for his next match. All right, so it is time for your final thingy. Come on, random free agent. <laughs> Six-month injury, Booker T. <laughs> uh, hang on, what does it say? <laughs> Something. Jump ship. Oh, all right. So we both got a good one and we both got a bad one, but yours might be the worst. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Champions are exempt, which is a shame because there's a couple of people I really want. I can't say it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Sorry, Hoggy. <laughs> oh, man, that's huge. That is a huge shake-up. 
I will let you have another pick of the free agency because of that. That's all good. That's how the cards fall. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I had a bad with the injury. Oh, well. He's our DX, I guess. Oh, man. So, to sum things up, Jim Ross is now in WCW. Uh, Batista is now in the WWF. Mr. Perfect is now injured for a month. And holy lord, Shawn Michaels has jumped ship. He lost his smile. He was not happy in the Fed. Um, wow. Wow, that, that is a huge shake-up for everything. I might this might force me to rewrite a lot of stuff I had sort of in the works. Uh how does this affect you, Hoggy? Uh, a little bit considering what I had coming up through till SummerSlam, sort of August, September time. Mm. <laughs> um thank God the LOD won. <laughs> uh that that would have been real bad if the LOD lost at WrestleMania. <laughs> I suppose that's a shining light there. Yeah. Oh, man. I am open for trades 24-7 just <laughs> out of pure, like, I feel bad. <laughs> um, oh, huge. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the point of this fantasy season where things really got uh, kicked up a notch or two. Um, <laughs> things are going to keep kicking up a notch or two over the next few episodes. I might work on a few other non-talent-related uh, twists because I think we're starting to bloat our rosters a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. We might have pretty heavy rosters there. Um, but, yeah. This has been quite an episode of Fugs, uh, Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, Fruity's Fantasy Fun Time. <laughs> um it has been a pleasure being your host this evening. Uh, tell the good folks where to find you, Chris. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at I am Chris Funder. And you find us at WrestleOzStyle. And you find myself at FruityIsAlex. Until next time, uh, continue living your best fantasy fun life. <laughs> Yes, I'm screwed. <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>